Welcome on into what can be the most emotional episode for Russo of all time on BLP. Myself and Tom may be part-timers on this episode because of a massive piece of news coming up from the camp of Johnny Goudreau. We will 100% getting to Leafs Flames and most of the big signings later on. But Tom, I'll ask you quickly before we kind of mute ourselves for the next 40 minutes. Um, exciting day or like an awful day for you on July 13th when the free agent frenzy came along? It was a great day. Got to go watch a baseball game. <laughs> That's hey, why. Too. Oh, yeah, right. We were both there. And uh, I was depressed the whole time. Whatever. I mean, I had a, I had a great time. But, uh, you know, I, it made me happier with the Leafs moves. It made me happier from the couple hours before. So I, I was really okay with what they did and just everything else and shocked for a lot of stuff and for obvious reasons. You, you know, Russo, you know, Russo. Yeah. So I guess we can throw to the guy on our podcast who's the massive Flames fan. Uh, a lot of Flames engagement on Twitter in the last couple of days and deservingly so. So Johnny Goudreau, I'm wearing a shirt. Obviously, you can't tell because this is not uh, broadcasted to anyone, but a sad day for sure in Flamesland and maybe for hockey fans as well, too, because this is a guy who's been attached to an organization for a while now, and he's been their best player for a number of years, year after year. So, Russo, I'll throw to you. This is the Johnny Goudreau, I guess, funeral and for the Flames. So take it away. It seems like since we started this show, every free agency that I've come on here and talked about, it's been fucking sad. 2020, TJ Brody left. And they brought in Chris Tanev, and I wasn't very happy with that. And thank God that's kind of worked out. Brian Markstrom, but I didn't love the moves that they made. Last year was Mark Giordano, gone for nothing in expansion. So you effectively had your top pair for roughly five years was both gone for nothing. Um, But I didn't hate their moves last year. Blake Coleman was okay. Zadorov ended up working out. Um, Trevor Lewis was fine, I guess. Then we come to this year. You know, if you had asked me 12 months ago if, if Johnny would have signed, I was a probably mixed bag, you know, but we knew last year they were at least trying to work out a contract um, to get him locked up long-term, and, you know, they never got it done. And, you know, they, they told us going into the year that um, they weren't going to talk contract during the year. And, you know, we're here now 115 points later, 14 points in 12 playoff games. He scored arguably the franchise's one of the biggest goals in franchise history against Dallas. And, and he's gone. Um, franchise altering day. Um, if you ask a lot of Flames fans, I remember, so I was sitting at dinner Tuesday night, you know, still pretty positive that they were going to get a deal done. You know, there was talk all day that there was movement, you know, the control camp countered with an offer which usually means they're close. Um, And I was still feeling pretty good. I was pretty sure that, you know, they were going to get something finished. And at around eight o'clock, I think it was, Elliot Friedman tweeted that he's going to market. And my initial reaction was, fuck, that, okay, he's gone. And I saw some people saying, well, he's just going to market. There's a chance he might come back. Frank Saravelli puts out a tweet. He informed Flames he's not coming back. That's when it, I think, hit me. That's like, oh, shit. Okay, it's, it's done. He's not coming back. We come to the list. We come to hear that Flames' final offer was eight years by 10 and a half million. 
which is an insane offer. And he goes to Columbus, which, I mean, I'll get into that a little bit later. Just, I can't believe it ended up being fucking Columbus of all teams. Just shocked, really, that it was Columbus. But, man, um, it's hard to even put into words. Like, I've just, I've had 48 hours really here to kind of process it. Um, and I still, I'm still like, I can't believe he's not a Calgary flame. You know, I, I really can't believe he's not here. You know, they, whatever it is, what it is, Brad Living did whatever he could, yada, 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 to get him, to get him signed. Um, and at the end of the day, they lost, like he lost out on Mark Stone, like he lost out on Jack Eichel, the list goes on and on. He lost out on his own guy. Um, this leaves a huge, huge, huge hole on this Flames roster. If you asked me, their window has just slammed the fuck shut on them without Johnny. This asks, this brings up a lot of questions about Matthew Kachuk, about what's going to happen with him now. Um, but it's, it's, it was an absolutely, probably between the moment he said, <clears throat> sorry, Jesus Christ. Between the moment he said that he wasn't coming back to the minute he signed with Columbus, probably the hardest 24 to 25 hours in franchise history, probably around there, probably some of the toughest few days that they've had. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. And, you know, Johnny made his choice and that was his, uh, it was his right to go to free agency. You know, no one told him he couldn't. He earned that right to go, um, but it doesn't make it hurt any any less. You know, this is a guy that he's been in this on this team since you know 2014. He was drafted in 2011. It's been 11, 12 years that he's been a part of this franchise, and I, I can still remember you know when he scored that first goal against Vancouver. I can remember that rookie season that they should not have made the playoffs and they got there. <clears throat> and I, I can remember almost every Johnny Gaudreau moment from the moment, you know, he arrived to the, to his last game, you know, it's, um, he was really a guy that I think shifted a lot of fandom, you know, back into their favor. You know, they, they had some dark years, man. Like when they traded Iggy and they were not good, <laughs> they were not good when, when they had the movie Ginla. And I was thinking about it and how, when they moved to Gimla, I remember being, I think I was in grade eight. And I remember watching the press conference at like midnight after they had moved them. And um, it sucked, but you knew it was for the best. Team wasn't good. Iggy was in his mid thirties. You know, you understood why they did it. They didn't get fuck all for him. Going back to it, the first round pick of Neil Poirier didn't turn into anything. Ben Hanowski didn't, I don't think he ever played. And Kenny Agostino only played a handful of games, I think. Um, but you understood why they moved Iggy. They wanted to get him a cup. They wanted to get him a cup. He wasn't coming back. The team was awful. They needed to rebuild, retool. Then in step Johnny Gaudreau a couple years later and revived the franchise, right? Came in. He was electrifying. Every minute he stepped on the ice, he turned this franchise around and snap of a finger. You know, they made the playoffs in his rookie year. I mean, he was so good, so good. And it only got better, you know, and 
he got better every single year he was here. Every single year he, he got better at every facet of the game. You know, he wasn't very good defensively when he first came here, ended up being a pretty decent defender when Daryl Sutter came in. Um, and now it's like, what sucks about it now, and as opposed to when they moved to Ginla, was the team was so bad when Iggy was here, right? They were terrible. Didn't need to keep them, had to move them. But Johnny, this team was good enough to compete right now is the sad thing. This team was good enough right fucking now to compete. I still say it. If Jacob Markstrom is even league average against Oilers, they beat them. I'll, I'll die on that hill. That, you know, in an alternate timeline, Jacob Marshall puts up a 9-15 and they beat the Oilers in five, you know, and whatever happens against the Avalanche, whatever it is, what it is. Um, but now Johnny's gone and that contention window, I don't think is no longer, it's no longer there. You know, he left when he left after one of the franchise's best seasons. After the Flames had never had an individual performance like this. Iginla had some unbelievable years obviously one a rocket one a ted Lindsay. i don't know if it compares to this season by johnny gaudreau he had one of the best individual seasons in the last 30 years in terms of even strength production 115 points iggy never got 100 points you know his line was the best in the league 40 40 40 all scored 40 200 point players and now you take that player off that line and now what? They're stuck with Lindholm and Kachuk, and who's filling that void? Chucky's not going to be 100 points next year. Lindholm probably won't be 40 goals next year. How do you fill that void? How do you come back and say, we're going to compete again? That top line was the reason this team finished first in the division. For the most part this year, probably up until they got to Foley, they were a one-line team. I think a lot of people would agree with that. You shut down the Flames' first line, which was often very, very difficult to do. You shut down the Flames. And games where they weren't scoring, that top line was creating all the offense for them. And a lot of it was because of Johnny Gaudreau. And you can say what you want about him. He was the reason that line was so damn good. Matthew did a lot of really damn good things on that line. Lindholm was mostly the finisher. Um but it really was due to how damn good Johnny Gaudreau was and how he created something out of nothing almost every time he stepped on the ice. And you got to now fill that void with what? Mangiapane, Dubé, Peltier, Toffoli. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it, which makes me think I don't think they're going to do it. Um. It's just, it's, it's so shit. You know, I came on here and, you know, in November when, you know, they didn't get make up the Eichel trade and Vegas got him. Man, I sat here and I said, you didn't get Eichel. You better be damn sure you're signing Goudreau. Better be damn sure you're doing it. And they didn't do it. So now what? Like what, what, like what do the Flames do from here? Do they try and recreate the offense do they try and sign a bunch of guys that can make up what Gaudreau left behind? Or are they going to blow it up? 
I'll tell you, it's not going to be what I just said. It's not going to be the blowing up part. We know that. It all really lies now on Matthew Kachuk on whether he wants to stick around or not. There's two parts of me that I, I have feelings on this. One is, oh, Johnny left. I can do the same thing now. No one's going to care. I can do the same thing. Johnny just created the pathway for me. Or two, he can say, this guy just quit on us. After we built something, he quit on us. And he can go, you know, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm sticking here. Those are the two things I can possibly see running in Matthew Chuck's head. I don't know what he's thinking. I bet he's pissed. Look at his brother's team right now. Look at Brady. Look at Ottawa. DeBrincat, Giroux, Talbot. They just signed Josh Norris. They're loading up. They're they're getting ready to try and dominate for the next decade. Mm-hmm. That's what the Senators are trying to do. What do you think Matthew's thinking right now? We just lost our team's best player, lost our line mate, lost one of his best friends. What motivation do you think he'd have to stick around? I don't know. Maybe if they offer him $10 million a year and they promise him the C and they tell him we're going to do everything we can to make this team great again. But who knows? Who, who knows? Brad Tree Living is the cause of all of this, in my opinion. I don't care that he offered him $10.5 million over eight years. I really, really don't. Um, this all started when he refused to give Johnny Gaudreau more than what Mark Giordano was making back in 2016. He refused to go over Giordano's six and $6.75 million cap hit. If he decides he can go over that, Gaudreau's probably signed for eight years, seven, eight years. Monahan signed for seven. Why couldn't you sign Gaudreau for seven or eight? Because he didn't want to go over the $6.75 million cap hit. So right there, you have Gaudreau for another one or two years. You can run this back if he's here. You can run it back and you can run it back with the same team if he's still here for next year. Even if it is just next year. Would have been a building block, I think, off this year. He screwed up by not signing Matthew long-term in 2019. Put himself in this position where his best player and his second best player are free agents. I mean, he didn't make any moves until this season to make his team better. Outside of the Lindholm trade, who did he bring in to make this team any better outside of Jacob Markstrom? Probably no one. I don't think anyone thought Tanev was going to be as good as he was. In his sixth year into that contract, eighth year of Johnny Gaudreau, he finally decides, okay, Toffoli and Yarncroak, you guys are in. Toffoli was good. Yarncroak only scored one goal, you know, and, and he's like – when Brad was in that presser on Tuesday night, he looked like he was going to fucking cry. He looked like a fan. He looked like me. He looked like me. I was sitting in my bed watching that. And frankly, I was on the verge of tears, just knowing that Johnny was gone. But like, it, there's no direction. There's no anything with this, with this GM, unfortunately, you know, like, like what's the plan here? Like, what's the plan now, Brad? What is it? We gonna blow it up, or are we gonna try and run this back? I don't know. I, I I really don't know. And to all of these fucking asshole Flames fans right now that are calling Johnny Gaudreau a snake and this 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 and that, shut up, all of you. He doesn't owe us anything. Never did. Never will. I don't want to hear how you know. Oh, but he didn't tell us 
until right before free agency. Who cares? What does it matter if he told us two months ago or two minutes before free agency? What difference does it make? There was no moves out there to make to replace Johnny Gaudreau. There wasn't. What were you going to do? What were you going to do? Move up in the draft? No, they didn't have assets to move up in the draft. Unless you're planning on moving to Chuck, which was rumored. <laughs> Apparently, New Jersey offered the second, second overall pick for him. I don't know if that's true. I think Friedman ended up saying it wasn't. But like, like, what was the plan? The only contingency plan that possibly could have been available was Philip Forsberg. But he stayed in Nashville. So what? Who like like it doesn't matter when Johnny told us or not. The fact I think genuinely there was a will to stay up until he said no. I think genuinely there was a chance that Johnny was going to stay because there was a lot of people reporters, insiders saying that we're going to get this done or their flames are going to get this done. He's going to stay. Chris Johnston said it. Daniel Friedman said it. Elliot Friedman said there was more than a few GMs that told him that he's going to stay. There was genuine interest from both sides to keep him. And I think that's what got my hopes up. I was positive on this from day one that they were going to get this done. Craig Conroy came out in February saying, oh, it's a done deal. We're going to get this done. He said, no, he's going to be a flame. We're going to get this done. And then Bradshaw Living, the day after the season ended, he came on air and he said, we're going to move heaven and earth to get Johnny Gaudreau signed. And he will be a flame. Why do you think I got my hopes up? I think everybody did. And we're, of course, we're all disappointed. This sucks. This is fucking terrible. And it screws the franchise because they finally found some consistency in their fucking game for the first time in years with the way they played this year. There was finally some hope that, hey, maybe this is something we can build on for next year. Most of the group is back. You still have your Vezina caliber goalie. Your decor is coming back. Else had a good Branson, four by four, good luck. You still have most of the same forward group. You just got to get a few guys signed. There was genuine hope. And this is a real kick to the ball sack. It really is. It is. Unfortunately, it is. But it was in Johnny Gaudreau's rights to do this. We always knew. Unfortunately, the reality of the situation, he always wanted to be out east. That's what it is. And he, he did what was best for him and his family. I get it. He's not in New Jersey. He's not in Philadelphia. Philadelphia was probably his number one in his list. But Chuck Fletcher screwed up his cap so bad he couldn't even offer him a contract. Didn't want to move JVR. Signed Tony D'Angelo. Did this, did that. Didn't have the opportunity. And look, Columbus is still closer to home for him. It's a lot closer than Calgary. People are saying, oh, but it's an eight-hour drive. You think Johnny Joe's driving? The money he has? You think he's driving? No, he's taking a fucking private jet and he's going for a 45-minute flight to Philadelphia or New Jersey, wherever the hell he's from. Look, at the end of the day, this is what it is. Unfortunately, he's gone. And Tree Living said it. I don't really agree with him, but he said, you know, we can't have a funeral. We need to move on. Is true. Look, I'm going to miss the hell out of Johnny Gaudreau, and I don't despise him in any way for the decision he made. Do I, do I think it's odd that he chose Columbus of all places? Yeah, I do. Considering he left $16 million on the table and a way better team in Calgary to go to a team like Columbus doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. 
especially after the year he just had, the team that's in front of him, and the amount of money that was there for him. It, it does rub me the wrong way a little bit. But it was his choice. And you can't be mad at him for exercising his right. You think Leaf fans were upset when Tavares came? You think Columbus fans are upset that Johnny Gaudreau left Calgary to come to Columbus? No, they're not. You think Tampa fans were upset when Blake Coleman left? Probably a little bit, but they knew. They knew what the reason was. Couldn't afford him. This isn't the first time a star player has left the team, and it isn't going to be the last, unfortunately. You guys might be in the same boat in two years with Austin Matthews. There's a chance he might go to. Not saying it's going to happen, but there's a chance. Connor McDavid might leave. Is there a chance he stays in Edmonton? Maybe. Is there a chance he might leave? Also, maybe. This isn't the first time a guy's going to leave. And it is. it does suck how this relationship with the Flames was so good right up until now. And it might end with him getting booed when he comes back, which would, which would suck. I really hope that doesn't happen. I really hope that um, people can pull themselves together and, um, and really appreciate what he's done. Cause look, he turned this franchise around, man. There's no other way to put it. He turned this franchise around and he made them competitive. I know there were some years they didn't make the playoffs, but that was not his fault. It was the other, it was the team around him that Brad Living refused to build. You know, I said it back in, uh, back in November that, Tree living isn't the reason for this team being as good as they were. It was because of Daryl Sutter. Not because of Brad, because of Daryl. He's gone and we have to deal with it. And look, does this suck? Yeah, this is terrible. I know Tom was saying this is the best for the team. It really is not. It really isn't. They're in fucking shambles. Especially if Chucky leaves. Especially if Chucky leaves because of this. And they got a few weeks to figure that out because if he doesn't accept that QO by the 22nd, then we might be in, in good hands here that we can get him done. But if he signs that QO, we're fucked. It's, it's, a, it's been a brutal week to be a Flames fan. It's been an absolutely horrid thing that's played out. It really, really has been. Um, but I thank Johnny Joe for everything. This guy was the guy for eight years here. <laughs> Excitement was brought back. We had never had a player like this in the franchise. You, These are the type of players you throw away years for to get. And the Flames got him in the fourth round in 2011. This is the type of caliber of player that teams throw years and years and years upon years to get and acquire. This is a player teams dream of having. Only, two, only one guy scored more points than um, Johnny Gaudreau this year, and that was Connor McDavid. You want to include playoffs? There's only two players that scored more points than Johnny Gaudreau, and that was Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. I don't know if I'm ever going to get over this. I was sick to my stomach seeing him in a Columbus jersey. Sick to my stomach. I, I Frankly, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over this. I don't know how much hockey I'll watch next year without him there. I really don't. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really hard. I just – I wish Johnny all the best. You know, he doesn't owe us anything. Um, Eric Francis can still go suck a dick because he's been a dick through all of this. Um, and again, for all you who are just out here bashing him, don't. He gave us eight years of just pure excitement. And 
I'll never forget how happy I was after that goal he scored against the Stars in Game 7. I'll never forget that moment, how happy I was, you know, when he scored. Um, but it is what it is, and we got to move on. Unfortunately, we do. You know, would it have been great for him to still be here? Of course. I would have been over the moon if they had got that deal done. But we're sitting here today, and it, it didn't happen. And the Flames somehow, somewhere, are going to have to figure out a way to, to move on here and to figure out how the fuck are we going to replace him. I don't know if you can. You probably won't. But you got to figure out a way to make this team competitive. Because if you don't, Matthew's gone. And then what? Manjapandi's next. Hannafin's next. Anderson's next. Lindholm's up in two years. You got to commit to fucking something. You either blow this shit up or you make a commitment to Matthew Kachuk and you get this done. You get him under contract for eight years. You give him the seed. You figure out what to do from that. I'm fucking, I'm disappointed. I think we all are, you know? You know, it sucks, you know? Like, I didn't know when we went to that game back in November that'd be the last time I'd see him in a Flames jersey live. I, I feel like I have so much more to say and it's a kick to the it's a kick to the balls. I know it is to all of us. Um, I feel, but like I feel like I have so much more to say, and I can't really put it into words of like how shitty this is. I just want to say like thank you, Johnny, for fucking everything. He was the man. He was the man for a long time here. I, I wish it could have ended better. I wish it could have ended with a championship. I really do. I think you know if like. I think that's what even what Johnny wanted that, you know, it could have ended in a championship, but um, they got a fair way to regroup, you know, like Kevin Rooney ain't it. <laughs> I don't even know who half the dudes they signed on Wednesday were, but um, they've got to figure a way through it. And it's going to be very, very difficult to do it without Johnny. It's going to be a very, very difficult time now. Like, it's franchise altering. This was a, a day that, shifted the franchise from we're in a good state we can contend to what the fuck do we do now i don't think bradshaw living still the man to be that's cut out for the job here i really really don't i'm interested i guess in what comes next i guess i don't know if they sign matt well if they sign maddie long term then sure i'll be interested but i just i i don't know i i've had confidence in this team i've had lowest confidence ever I don't even know what to think right now. All I know is that, you know, we, we've moved on from Goudreau and we got to, we got to go on, we got to move on and we got to go forward. Um, I would love to keep going on this, but I, I just, it's going to make me even more sad just thinking about it. Um, I would recommend you guys listen to in the dome. They, Mike and Jordan did an absolutely fabulous job on breaking this whole thing down. Um, Got to figure out a way to recreate 115 points, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of all I've got. I think you know, it sucks, but you know, we'll move on. I guess it's brutal. I I, I said it. I don't think I'll ever get over it. Uh, my control blasty jersey will sit in there, and I don't know. I'm I'm heartbroken. I guess is the word to say. Fucking heartbroken, but. Thankful for Johnny's time for sure.
All right. Thank you, Russo, for the wise words for Johnny Goudreau joining the Columbus Blue Jackets. We didn't actually talk about the money and stuff, but seven years, nine point something, seven million for Johnny Goudreau. Nine, seven, five. Yeah, left money on the table for sure. A lot of questions surrounding. We could probably talk about it at length too, obviously. I can talk uh, about this for days. Yeah, we could talk about yeah, this for weeks. Yeah, let's not though. Yeah, <laughs> let's not move the move the page and go to a new chapter in the Flames book. But we'll go to Leafs now because we're a part of this too, Tom. They, You guys talked about Matt Murray, the rumor on Monday, I believe, and it actually happened that night. So, Tom, you take it away with what happened in there. Okay, so I don't know why. Matt Murray was the guy that they wanted to bring in, but he was. Sue Greyhound, I guess, is why. And I actually think, like, I kind of talked about it. If they can keep him healthy and keep him happy and sort of get him away from Ottawa, I think he could be pretty good. Like, he has a chance to turn it around. And we kind of mentioned, like, he, Matt Murray vetoed the deal to Buffalo, right? And that kind of set up this and it sounds like he really wants to be here how do you feel about the trade itself because that's the part where i i'm not overly on board with yeah i mean they could have got a bit more no couple maybe like a second maybe even like another pick or something not a seventh um but yeah yeah, it's just weird i'm like that's where i see it as what was the value for moving down in Buffalo's case, 7 to 13, I think it yeah. was. And then the Leafs having to move down to offload Morazic was 15 spots. Something like that, yeah. What was the the cost of those? And did Toronto get back enough from Ottawa that kind of fills that gap of having to move down and then what would have been the Buffalo trade? And I don't think they did with the salary retention and everything. Only 25% which is probably what Ottawa was going to max out at. Mm-hmm. And the third round pick, you're not moving down 15 spots in the first <laughs> round for a third round pick and adding in an extra million dollars from what they offloaded Morazic. I mean, like, I think Murray will be okay. I just found for a management group that values their asset management down to like the fine details of literally putting a dollar figure on picks like they did with the Robin Leonard deal. Yeah. I found this one a little odd. Just it, it didn't line up for me. Yeah, it all depends on health for me on this guy, Matt Murray. We've seen what he can do, but again, people say that that was five years ago. What he, we've seen he can do in Pittsburgh. I know he was good down the stretch and with Ottawa, but that was 12 games. Like he's got to be a 55 game guy this year in order for him to live up. He's making $4.7 million on this team, right? Like it's not cheap. Um, and you're trusting him for another year after this, Kyle Dubas with him. It's just, it's weird. Like, he's got to bounce back. He's got to stay healthy. I think that's the number one thing, but I don't know. But I think, I guess we could talk about the other things because that impacted this as well. They got a backup goalie. I don't know if he will be the backup goalie. I see him being the starter at the end of the year, but Ilya Samsonov, one year, 1.8 million, not qualified by the Capitals. A weird move to say the least by the Capitals because this is a young guy who we've seen in stretches be good. And he's young enough where we can go, he's probably going to get better. And Willie, I don't know. Tom? Well, this is the... I'm more excited about Samsonov. This is their starter. (laughs) Yeah. This is their starter. And talk about it later with, like, Campbell. I think the Leafs' play style is going to fit Samsonov quite well. Because if they can be quite structured the way that they kind of want to be, it's going to work really well for him. And 
depending on how Murray does, like the Leafs have two shots at having a goalie have a decent chance at rebounding and being good. There's two shots here. One of them's gonna hit at least. And I think it's gonna be Samsonov. I hope it's Murray, but like I think they're pretty okay in that. Like man, and then one year, one point eight, I kinda hope there's gonna be more term on that. But yeah. I guess Murray having two years, you didn't want to be locked in for this for two years, so I kinda get that. But yeah, Samsonov is gonna be the starter, man. <laughs> and, and this and, is end of the Tom, year. Man. This is how it's gonna play out. At the end of the year, Samsonov's gonna be lights out. He's gonna to go to RFA. All right, I want four million, <laughs> and then we can't. He's gone. <laughs> That's yep. how it's gonna play out. That's exactly how it's gonna be. He's still an <laughs> RFA at the end of this. Yes, yes. Okay, I like that. I like that. I thought he'd be a UFA. Same, but apparently he's still an RFA. Don't and then, what about the other signings? Yeah, you get say all the depth ones that we okay. got. Uh, Abe Kubel, one year, one million, and then they also signed Adam Goddett. Victor Mete and Jordy Ben uh, yesterday, I believe, yeah. for one year, 750000 They're all just depth players, except Kubel will probably be on that third line, I would assume. Like, really good shutdown guy. If they put him with confident angle, that's going to be one hell of a line to play against. Uh, how do you feel? I mean, depth. yeah, it's depth, and if you you can't do something stupid if you don't have the money and that's what the Leafs I guess their philosophy was this summer because they had no money and they didn't do anything stupid um so I guess that's kind of playing into it but all depth signings for the Maple Leafs they don't really have a lot of money and then the only thing I question this year in the summer is Rasmus Sandin they're kind of leaving this guy to dry and this was one of the defense when you picked you know I knew you traded down for him Clem Costa went in that position that you traded with St. Louis but it's just I feel like they're letting this guy just sit there and he was one of their prized possessions at one point, right? Like he was better than Logren, and now Logren's probably gonna be in the lineup full time and Raspa Sandin is currently not. So I don't know how that plays out. Something's going to happen. Because how many lefty do they have now? I think it's six, five or six. Because Sandine was already the four, and then they added Yep. Mete and Ben. Yeah. Now, good chance one of the two will start in the AHL. And I guess that is that is good that you have the Marlies here and it's the same city and like it doesn't really matter yep. to a lot of players. Something's going to happen. Sandine's going to be signed or moved out or Muzzin might be moved out. or yeah. they, they have something in the works because there's no way that they go in with <laughs> six lefty, yeah. like six serviceable lefty depending on like where you rank them like they're right. all nhl defensemen mm-hmm. they're all nhl defensemen and you can't have two sitting in the box <laughs> so something's gonna happen yeah and the maple leafs aren't done either i think their off season's pretty long uh, they've got a, some work to do they've got some contracts they need to unload and they got some pieces and frankly they need to add on this lineup because i think it's pretty thin i think it's thinner than last year and i called last year's thin so we'll see what happens but maybe we can go to the flames they didn't make a whole lot of moves kevin rooney russo you know, all star you're getting right there, right? Yeah. Up line um, left wing. I, I have no control idea replacement question yeah. mark. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily know why Kevin Rooney, like if they wanted that kind of player, they probably just could have brought Brett Ritchie back for a lot cheaper. Um I didn't really care. I was too heartbroken yeah, to blame you. 
really do that. Trevor Lewis is brought back. Great. Don't fucking care. Then they brought in Nicholas Maloche, Dennis Gilbert Jr. And Nikita Zadorov's back, which is cool, I guess. Yeah, I didn't like I thought, that. I, 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 whatever. It's, who cares? Um, I thought the money would have been a lot more. He's making the same that he did last year, um, three seven five for two years. I said it back in February. I was like, hey, if they can bring this guy back, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, just depending on the money, he's back for the same money. He, he there have two very interesting quotes came out. I want to say it was last night regarding Zadorov, and let me just pull it up because it actually was insanely interesting. So basically, he said. Um, from Wes Gilbertson, uh, from Zadorov. He said, obviously, it's hard to fill Johnny's spot. He was one of the best players last year, but the belief I have in this group, the belief I have in certain players to make the next step and become stars for us, I'm confident with that. But when I was leaving at the end of the year, it was lots of thoughts in my head, and the biggest was how much I enjoyed playing last year with my teammates, for the coaching staff, for the city, for the fans. I think I carried that feeling through free agency. Um, has any player on the flames in the past year had have as much of a, uh, a turnaround in terms of a fan perspective as Nikita Zadorov has. Yeah, true. I don't think so. I, you guys remember me last yeah. year. I was like, this guy sucks. This, <laughs> I ended up liking him towards the end of the year, you know, and um, I am a little happy that he's back. Cause I, I actually did like him and it seems like the team likes him. Um, he throws the odd massive hit every now and then. We saw the big one on Andre Kasha. Yeah, that's why he didn't resign uh, with us. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but to me, a bunch of depth signings. Um, the rumor is is that Calgary's sole focus is signing Kachuk right now, or figuring out what to do with his future. So and I don't guy, that, Nas. Ooh, I don't think that's gonna happen. He's not going. I, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I, it I think it was Adrian Dater who put that out there. Yeah. And, He's um he just puts a lot of shit out there. He he writes for the Avalanche. He's kind of an idiot. I I don't think Naz is is gonna happen. I think they need to figure out what they're doing with Matthew first, and yeah. then I think they'll they'll make their moves from there. So That'd be crazy um, though. I didn't love their day. Obviously, the Flames came out as the biggest losers of the day when they lost Johnny, and um, I'll leave it at that. That's so, true. All right, where do you guys want to go next? Do you want to go team by team? Because uh, there was a lot of RFAs that re-signed. There was a lot of players that re-signed with their team right as the deadline went into can we, free agency. Uh, can we start with Ottawa? Because I thought it, sure. like, they had a really interesting week. Like I think, Tom, we talked about the Brinkett. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, yes. you did. Um, obviously, you know our thoughts on that. That was a fantastic move. Uh, Claude Giroux. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for them. Like, I'm, I'm actually pretty pumped that he went there. Um, I don't love the no- Josh Norris contract. I think it's a lot of money for a guy that I know he scored what, like 35 and 55 games or 65 yeah. games. Mm-hmm. I just, his shooting percentage is really high. I mean, it has the potential to work out. I just don't love that deal, but I like what Ottawa's building. I like the Cam Talbot acquisition. Um, I liked what Ottawa did. Pierre Dorian, yeah. so far, he's. Uh, probably first place right now in uh, GM of the year running. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Um, they made some moves that are going to impact our lineup for sure. And I, we talked about this in our other chat, Russo. I don't know if this is the – like if the Ottawa Senators don't make the playoffs next year, would you call that a failure of a season for no. them or a disappointment? No. I, I think I wouldn't label it we as a disappointment. See, we have to see how they play first. 
That's true. I still think the D is a little underwhelming outside of Shabbat. And you know how much I like Artem Zub. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have to see. Their bottom six, I think, still can need some work. Yeah. Their top six is gross. Like mm-hmm. Their top six is filthy. Um, but they need everything to work out. And yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure if they don't make it. I just think, you know, maybe they'll maybe next year is a growth year for them. I the think. reason I would label it as a disappointment is because the money they have locked up against these guys. And it's, we talked about it in our chat room. So it's money that is spent a lot of, a lot of money is spent on these young guys and they haven't done anything yet. Like it's just, yeah. they're paying them before they've done the, they sure. like, I know the Leafs are not making rounds, second rounds either, but like at least before they were doing that and hope you were making it before they paid them, the auto centers just haven't made it yet and are paying the guys. So I don't know if that's a problem. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I just want to say the the summer of Pierre. Yeah. Everybody's been saying. No. No. He's been 50-50. <laughs> and if Murray didn't stop him from doing the Buffalo deal, like if that goes through, we're all looking at oh, everybody's yeah. <laughs> pissed. Everybody's pissed. I'm like, yeah. Bring in Giroux, and that was a given. He wanted to go there. You've overpaid Norris a bit. Like he's been 50-50 on his moves. He's not he's not having as good of an offseason as I think everybody's been saying. He, he's still Pierre. That's true. Um, we could go to another team who made a lot of moves, the Detroit Red Wings. So Stevie Y was really horny this offseason, signing all these guys for a lot of money. Um, Andrew Kopp, Dominic Kubalik, Ben Schrott, and David Perron. A lot of money tied up into those guys. Do you think this is the turnaround year for the Detroit Red Wings, guys? Like, do you think it's the year that, okay, we're going to, you know, go for it? And obviously, you got Billy Huso as well. Man, that's a... They gave a lot of money yeah. for a team that's sort of in that rebuild phase. The Chirac deal is a lot. The Perron deal, I like. Yes, very uh, much. Kubalik is good, and the cop deal is good, too. They'll fit in quite well behind Larkin. Uh, it's pretty 50-50 for me, but I think this makes them a much better team and a much deeper team, yeah. especially with all the young guys that they have coming up. They, they had a good day. Overall, they had a really good day. Russo, what are your thoughts on the wings? Um, I don't love it. <laughs> Like, they're not good right now. What was the point? You know, that's all, really. It's like a Band-Aid over a massive wound, I guess, because you could yeah. sort of call it. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They did a lot. Like, the Perron deal, uh, like, veteran presence, yeah. it's not bad at all. The cop one is, like, genuinely a good contract, I think. Uh, cop was a lot. I didn't. That's... For what, what has Andrew Kopp done <laughs> to get five point what five million? What has he done in this league? Look at his numbers. Nothing. Well, okay, I'll go look at his numbers because they aren't that good. I guarantee you they're not that good. Yeah, he, the only reason I'm kind of skeptical on that is because he was playing with the Rangers and he was playing with the Jets in a role he was uh, noted to in like the third line. Now he's going to have to be playing second line, first line because of the contract he's making. He can't be on the third line for the Red Wings. Right? 5.6 for what? <laughs> to be a three C like to be, to have a career high of 39 points. Oh no, wait, sorry. sorry. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's it, actually, he outscored Trocha. Sorry for a career high of 53 points. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, a lot of people got paid. That's a summer. bad deal. That's so bad. I don't care what anyone says. It's terrible. 
Yeah. Is that what was what were people saying was the worst contract handout? Was it Good Branson? Yeah. Four by four. Yeah. Yeah. That's second. <laughs> That's second. Okay. Russo's got his second. Um, we could go to his former team, Stevie Y and the Tampa Bay Lightning, because they got horny as well. Julian Brishwa, my God. Um, giving out eight-year deals to three players, Sergachev, Sorelli, and Chernak. I know I don't know if you guys are loving these. Um, I'm certainly not loving them, but I don't hate them, but I don't know. The only one that's good here is the Sorelli. Yeah. Sergachev got a million or two more than he should have and who gave eric cernak eight years <laughs> i don't know i th- I like the money though for cernak oh that's like really he's one of the best shutdown defensive in the league and he works with headman yeah i think p like look it's 5.2 a lot yeah but people forget that's the market these days for these mm-hmm. type of players the, there's there's this thing called inflation and the market has inflated year after year after year. So when I look at Chernak, I go, okay, he does one thing really, really well. And he's one of the best in the league. Yeah, that. true. That's why. And like, you think that's bad? Wait till what Uyghur gets. Mackenzie Uyghur is going to get paid. It's going to be in the sevens for sure. <laughs> eight. <sighs> he's getting no. eight, guys. Come on. You don't think so? I mean, no. I think he is. He's getting seven eight. See, my thing with this is like, if you're gonna give term, yeah, to a guy like Cernak, at least bring the dollar figure down, right? <laughs> because I initially read it as like two point five, and I went, "Wow, an eight year deal for two point five—that's a little weird." But sure, okay, I would have given him like four million bucks, not yeah, a problem. Same, yeah. Man, five point two for eight years. What do you? <laughs> Three straight finals. They're gonna pay everybody. Yeah. This is your this is your reward. A lot of people were underpaid for that. Here's your reward. And it's yep. gonna they're pulling on strings here. They're one or two more years and then they're gonna have nothing. Yeah, they're gonna they're go gonna have the core and yeah. good luck. Yeah, it's gonna be like that Will Smith picture, and he's just in the room just you know by himself. But they're gonna have still everyone there. It's just what do we do now? <laughs> Yeah, That's they're just going to, like, ride their jet skis and <laughs> yeah. have fun. Yeah. Whatever. They went back-to-back. Back. Uh, the team they played in the final this year made a lot of re-signings. Nachushkin, Manson, Lekkanen. I can't remember if they did another one. but Darren Helm. Darren Helm, Pogliano. yes. Pogliano. Um, and they obviously traded for Gorgiev, but you guys talked about that. Um, do you like these deals for the Avalanche? Do you, Does this make them a better team? I know they're losing Kadri, but does this make them a better team overall? Nuke's contract is is a lot. It's a lot, but like they had to do it. They couldn't lose him. Like we talked about it like yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Like they couldn't lose Nutrushkin. Right. I also like the fact that they re-signed everybody they brought in. Right. With the deadline. Mm-hmm. Josh Manson was a big one. Didn't think they were gonna get Manson. Done, yeah, I didn't sure. think that was gonna happen either. Like Lekin no. and two, that's I that's really like that Lekin and yeah. deal. Right, yeah, good for the Avs. They uh, now all they got to worry about is McKinnon, which that'll get done. Yeah, Unless, maybe... is he gonna go to Columbus too, guys? <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna go to Columbus. I'm gonna go, you know, no, what are you talking about? He's so, taking a one year, nine million dollar deal in Pittsburgh. <laughs> he's uh, 
no, that that's a deal that they'll get that done. I think they'll get that done. So yeah, and then they they filled all of their holes really except for the two C two C slot. Um, they lost Burakovsky too, but he was they weren't going to get stretch, him back, right? And they were going to get him back. Yeah, he's really good, but they weren't ever going to get him back. Yeah, I think Colorado they had a decent week. Yeah, well, like all things considered, they had a pretty decent week. The team's still fairly intact. A lot more than I think people thought it would be. Yeah. The goaltending is still the weak point, but yeah, I think they'll somehow, some way though, somehow, some way they'll get through it. Yeah, it didn't matter last year. So <laughs> um, we could go to another team because we're on the theme of teams here, the Carolina Hurricanes. Did you guys do you guys think they oh. had oh they the won weirdest offseason? Like they they won, they won for agency. Do you think so? They got patch ready for free. It's not really a free agent. That's a trade. That's being free. smart. I know, but like, yeah, it's smart. I thought they had a really good day without doing anything with free agency. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> they just got Patch ready and a sweetener. They Although got, I don't know. They brought in I don't Andre know Kasha, which I liked. Yeah. Who? Okay, I need. They to lost Niederreiter. They lost Trocheck. Yeah, but that was gonna D'Angelo. happen, unfortunately. D- but look, but look what they did with D'Angelo though. They flipped him, and they're going to be able to use those assets for, yeah. like, yeah, they, they did good. I thought they had a really good day. Like, Kasha's good. They still got to sign Natchez, but, like, dude, Pacioretty for fucking free. Oh, and they got Brent Burns. I didn't Who hate Brent Burns. I think is going to fit so well on that team. He's There's their new power play quarterback. Yeah, there but, it is. Who just ripped pucks. All the point shots he does, all the <laughs> – passes like he fits so well on that yeah. team they're just gonna get totally so many sloppy rebounds yeah but do you think it was necessary to go get him when you had a guy like d'angelo who could do it just as good as burns like don't you find that a bit weird just a bit what does it say about d'angelo i know exactly right i was just gonna say that like what does that say about him he just got moved and it's carolina like they put a dollar figure on you and if you want more you could buy it yeah literally yeah, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. Like, here's what we think you make. Are you okay with this? And if it's no, then you're gone. And it it helps to a certain extent because if a player wants to stay there, they're just gonna, yeah, sure, I'll take that. I mean, D'Angelo's too much, and they said goodbye. And yeah. Who knows about the other stuff? And now they brought in Pacioretty, and they finally have another goal scorer that they needed. Yes, very much so. They needed... They needed a goal score, and they have it now. Um, Pittsburgh now. Ricard Raquel, Malkin, like right at the deadline too. Malkin, right at midnight. That was a late signing. I did not think he was going to come back after what happened and what transpired in the last week or so since the draft. But he comes back on a pretty fair deal. I know he's going to be 40 at the end of the day, but like $6 million for that guy, not bad at all, right? Yeah, there was – like rumors of upwards of seven, eight. Yeah. Comes back to that. I like the Raquel deal a lot. Yeah, I don't I almost, know about that. I, I almost feel like the Raquel deal was made with the assumption that Malkin was gone. Th- that's what I thought. And now they're just both back. And Latang. <laughs> but yeah. We went over that before, and that's a yeah. lot of money. Pittsburgh's intact. Same team as last year, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I like that they were able to keep Raquel after trading for him. I I like when teams are able to do that. Yeah, he didn't get a fair shot. He got injured in game one of the like Stanley. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. you got to give him that shot, right? So, 
Um, uh, Edmonton Oilers, they bring in Vander Kane. They brought him back. Uh, Jack Campbell is the new starting goalie. Do, do you guys realize uh, more and more so why the Leafs didn't bring Jack Campbell back? 5.5 million, I believe it is, for the five years. And he's 31, I believe. So do you think Edmonton regrets signing that? Obviously not now. They do because they obviously signed him to be their starting goalie. But, you know, in the long run, it didn't really make sense for the Leafs, right? Like, uh it was going to be 36 when that ends. Yeah, and is he going to be healthy? That's the thing. It's not even that for me. It's the, like, how does Edmonton play? They're yeah. unstructured and scrambly. Yeah. How does Jack Campbell play? Unstructured and scrambly. Put two and two together, that's not going to work. Yeah. It's not who they needed in net. They should have won out and got, like, a Vili Huso who's just big and sturdy. That's what they need. And they got Jack Campbell, who can't for the life of him save a breakaway or a two-on-one. That's not going to work. And he's going to watch it work. And he's in a market where you get brutally scrutinized for doing that. <laughs> and if your coach doesn't like you, and we've seen that with Mike Smith and Miko Koskin, it's going to be an issue for uh, Jack Campbell mentally because he seemed to be in Toronto where he plays good games, lets him that one goal. He's like, should have gotten that goal. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry for my teammates. So, well, two and like, uh, he's so streaky, which yeah. I think this might almost play into Edmonton's benefit here. Of Edmonton's a fairly streaky team, they go up and down quite a mm-hmm. bit. If they get hot, if both sides get hot, like they will go on a run. It's just, I don't like the fit, I don't like the money, the term. I don't like the way that played out, like with his agent and everything. Yeah. Because um, him and Gibson share the same agent. And all of the, we're going to Edmonton. We're not going to talk to you, Toronto. Gibson's not going to play here. You should resign Jack Campbell. That was a little, I didn't like that. If, if you want to like talk to a team beforehand, like they were with Edmonton, mm-hmm. and like that was pretty clear at least don't have your other clients say like, no, we're not going to go here. Try to get the benefit of a different client. Yeah. Those should all be kept separate. Mm, yeah. I I don't like the way that ended. Sorry, Jack, but yeah. I, yeah. I, I have an issue with that. I, I have a real issue with that, but. I don't want to step on toes right now, but I think I'm going to go through some of the contracts. That I think we'd probably agree that we're pretty out much. Really, like, whoa, what are you doing with these? Sorry, uh, so before before you do that, yeah, can I just mention something about the Oilers? Sure. sure. Isn't it crazy how like the Oilers are bringing the band back together and they got some pretty good deals and the Flames are shit? Two, two spectrums. I mean, if they lost McDavid, they'd be in shambles too, right? Yeah, but like, isn't it, don't you find it crazy how like everyone that's in Edmonton wants to be there? Like Kane well, took I mean, less. McDavid, right? Like I know, like to... Kane took less. I don't know if Campbell took less. Like Kulak's on a pretty good deal. Yeah, I don't love that. Yeah, I don't like that one. I more. like the money. The money's so playing the third like, pairing. Nah, <laughs> he'll be Bouchard like he'll be too? with 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 Keith gone. He'll be playing with Bouchard. Yeah, it just sucks because like Edmonton's going to be really good next year. And they saw some anyway. RFA's that are on the sign as well, so I don't know what they're going to do yeah. with them. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so not to step on any toes, but the bad con not the bad contracts, just a lot of money tied up into some players I want to go through. Uh, Robert Thomas signs an eight-year, $8 million per 
move, or RFA for the St. Louis Blues. Vinny Trocek, seven years, 5.6. Ilya Mikheyev, four years, 4.75. Erica Branson in Columbus, four years, 4 million. Um, guys, do you, what's the worst? And Burakovsky is Seattle. I did not get that at all for Seattle. I don't get it at all. Tom, Seattle you just likes to throw shit on the wall and hope it sticks. And Tom, you mentioned this when they signed Jeremy McCann. They have the money. They're going to go sign them. But when they don't have the money, it's just going to falter. Yeah, like, why are they doing this? They don't need to. Cap space, sure, go for it. Burakovsky was your guy? (laughs) And, like, you're building through the draft, which is going to be, I mean, like, I guess if they see in three, four years, all these guys need to get paid. But, like, Burakovsky will be there, and that's 5.5 you can spend on somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's such a, like the Kraken, kind of, like, irrelevant deal. Yeah. It's like, why? Like, why did you do this? And they are doing so much of, why did you do this? They signed Martin Jones. You already have two goalies. Two of the worst well, in the league. Given and you Drager's signed one of the worst in the play. league. I think, people for, I think people forgot that Chris Drieger isn't playing because of the, the injury. Right. So, he's, um, what's his name? Uh, Martin Jones is certainly a goalie. <laughs> Can't say much else, but he's certainly a goalie. Like, for a team that drafts so well, granted they've had two drafts. Yeah, they yeah they draft really well. Uh, or I guess we'll see how <laughs> everything eventually turns out because that can change. But right now, like they draft really well, they do everything else horribly. <laughs> They're like top five in drafting, bottom five in everything else. Dude, do you know how many five million dollar contracts they have for like five years? It's crazy. Schwartz, Eberle, Burakovsky, Weinberg, like Larson. Yeah, they're still going to finish bottom five. I don't get it. That's why I don't get it. They have so many of these contracts and they're still bad. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's weird. But um, do you guys have a straight winner or straight loser for the free agency? Because we could go through all the moves they made, even trades as well. Do you have a team that wins or loses? I have two for losers. First one is Calgary. They lost Gaudreau and they didn't do anything. The second is Philadelphia. Yeah. You want to hear my reasoning on Philadelphia? The reasoning sure. is they spent a lot of money on bad players. D'Angelo is like a good offensive defenseman, but like they basically already have D'Angelo and his name is Rasmus Ristolainen, who doesn't really do anything well. Um, or maybe D'Angelo a little better offensively, but they sign all these deals and then they had the Gaudreau contract in the bag, right? And they fumbled it. Like, you know, they... How do you screw that up? Like this, this has been years in the making and you couldn't muster up the cast base to get it done. Winner, I already said, I really liked what Carolina did, even though they didn't really do anything free agency wise. Right. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I really liked what Carolina did, to be honest with you guys. Tom? I have an off the board winner. Okay. The Washington Capitals. Yeah, yeah. they're not bad they had a good day. They had a good day. Dylan Strom was nice. Yeah, we nice. didn't mention it, but like no. the Kemper five by five point two five, I think that's a decent deal for him. Like mm-hmm. considering what all the other goalies are getting, like that's yeah. I mean, if you prorate it, like that's less than probably what he should have got compared yeah. to everybody else. Strom put up like forty something points. And yeah, three point five. Apparently, all thirty two teams are interested in him. 
Dylan Strom had 48 cool. points yeah. last season. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, just let him walk. <laughs> and uh, then Chicago. Washington gets him for 3.5. That's fantastic. Yeah. And he's still and he, under team control for next year. Exactly. And the Connor Brown pick was really good. I like that trade for him. They did a really good job at mixing up their middle six. Or not even mixing up. They just added to it. Yeah. Because exactly. they didn't really lose anybody. Nope. Well, I mean, if you count Backstrom, who's going to go on long-term IR, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh, should be back, I guess, at the end of next year. But um, if I had to pick a winner, it'd probably be the Ottawa Senators. I just like yeah. when teams um, go for it in the sense, right? Like you have the young guys, you add to them. The only thing you can do is get better. I don't love their defense. We can all three agree on that. But I think when you throw in a bunch of good players in that team, I think it's just going to work and make Ottawa fans more excited. And hopefully there's more fans in that stadium because they deserve to because they have a pretty good team now. A uh, loser, I don't really like what Seattle did, man. Like, they have good drafts, and they just spend money unreasonably. Um, yeah, I'd probably say them or some other teams. I don't know. Some other teams didn't even pick up the phone or didn't even try on the day. Like, wh- where was Winnipeg? <laughs> like, they've done nothing. Yeah, I mean, like, they never do anything on free agency. I know. Because, like, how do you get anybody to go to Winnipeg? That's true. Well, I think they're trying to just trade a bunch of guys. Yeah, like I feel like Dubois is going to be gone. We think so? Be gone. Oh yeah, Dubois doesn't want to sign there. He already told them that like he's going to free agency the minute he can. So I don't and think I think they're going to end up trading him. I think Wheeler is going to be gone. Like speak of some tampering, Dubois is going to Montreal. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I don't it, think. I think he wants to be in the states, man. I don't think he wants to be in Canada. I don't know, man. Who knows? But Winnipeg is kind of in shambles too, I guess. But at least like they still got some star talent there. Yeah, and then I'm gonna say for my loser, Philadelphia would be. Yeah, Philadelphia's like should be everybody's. <laughs> they had a horrible week. <laughs> uh, Vancouver. Yeah. Bring Maybe in McKayev for. Yeah, like four years, almost five million bucks for McKayev, and that's a lot of money. He's had like one playoff goal in three years or whatever it is. <laughs> he'll be good for them. Just yeah. I don't know if he'll be, he'll be worth good it. on both ends. And then somebody out of Vancouver would have leaked the JT Miller deal because it wasn't coming out of Lou. And then that got axed. So they lost whatever the JT Miller deal was. Yeah. If you saw how Lou uh, went about his week, <laughs> Vancouver would have won that. They got leaked and they didn't. So. We'll see. There's a lot of stuff we got to keep updated on because there's a ton of RFAs still unsigned. Yeah, and I don't blame them. There's still Nazem Kadri, number one on the free agent frenzy board. So I, I, the one thing I wonder is where he's going to go. And the next thing is obviously the money. Like, it's going to be crazy when that happens. Another loser, Nazem Kadri. You think so? Everybody's done. Everybody's done what they needed to do. I think there's some teams he's, that need a second line center. Like Boston went about their business. Pittsburgh went about their business. All the teams that were kind of like linked to him. Washington. I was just kind of, yeah, Washington's gone about their business. There's, unless Washington needs him to replace Baxter, which they still might. He's waited a little bit too long. Yeah. Maybe he has a team in the back of his mind and he's waiting for them to clear cap space. Philadelphia. Like, I I wonder if that's kind of what he's waiting for. Bring Naz back to Toronto, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. We'll see. But you sure as hell not getting 10 million bucks. Like no, not anymore. He was asking for. 
No, no. He's not getting that. No. Nine would be impressive. I think he's. I think he ends around the eight. Even that would be so. Even that would be so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Russo, you do the trademark thing. You end off this episode. I don't know if this means we're going to season four. I don't think so. I think we start season four when the season actually starts, right? Probably. Or yeah. I don't know how we do it, but Russo, do your trademark thing. Yeah. Um, as always, uh, we appreciate you guys listening in. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Burnley Pod. Um, I'll say it one more last time. Johnny Gidero, thank you for everything that you've done. Um, good luck in Columbus. Uh, we will see you guys in the next one.